You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast. Covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Put your tape decks on record. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast. And that's it. (laughs) So before we started recording, we were discussing about how some of our Patreon folks are disappointed with the um some of the changing uh beginning of of the pod and how i don't say this is our food lion anymore Mm -hmm. and you know i feel like it made sense for like the the pop punk you know skate Mm -hmm. punk season yeah you know but like people coming in who are like oh pedro and lion i like them and then we're talking about pedro and lion talking about a food lion Pedro the food lion. Pedro the food lion. I don't know. Um, I, I, to be honest, I, I miss the food lion as well. But we all miss the food lion. We all miss like, the this food will lion. always be our food lion. All right. Yes, it's regardless of us saying it's implied. <laughs> we always it. There is always an implied food lion. <laughs> Another brand new sentence. Right <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's always an implied food lion is now the the, the tagline the tagline for magnified pod. <laughs> food lion. There's always an implied food lion. <laughs> we'll pitch we'll pitch that at the uh, the next uh, food lion board meeting. Uh, um, yes. <clears throat> so, uh, John, speaking mm. of changes and new things, mm-hmm. something that I haven't experienced for over two years is a cold. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. So that's in my own head. I sound different. I'm not sure how I'm coming across. Um, some, some sniffles in there. There's some sniffles in there. A little, little gravelly in there. <laughs> yeah, I I did pre unwrap my my lozenges because I'm a professional. Right. I do I do not. I'm not going to be that guy. No, well, now you're doing it though. <laughs> I know. Shit. <laughs> Suffice it to say, John, uh, the cough drops are on standby. Okay. The tea is consumed. Mm. Um, Got a little spicy honey in there. The hot takes are locked and loaded. Mm. Hot honey, um, hot takes. Hot honey, hot takes. That's that's already that's already a podcast pretty much on uh <laughs> hot tea hot takes on the that's rock true. candy network so yes. we can't i feel like we're we're encroaching on yeah yeah we're encroaching on somebody that. else's territory <laughs> it was just the tip of the cap to our rock candy colleagues there we go uh i'm sorry for your sickness uh, i'm not know. down with it Ooh, wah, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> i'm not local local chicago legends disturbed disturbed get them on the pod um <laughs> Disturbed, when did you first hear of um, Control by Pedro and Lion? Down with the podcast, season Ooh. five. <laughs> I'm potting with you. Um, <laughs> is that good? So, 
it's, you know, as it's certainly are, something. <laughs> it is the thing that was said. Um, as people are not wearing their masks and, you know, more, you know, kids in school not doing that, we're getting sick again. And it's not COVID <laughs> you, and that's good. But, uh, you know, here's the thing, though. I like I'm still wearing my masks out. Yeah, to, but other people aren't. I know. And you get those little particles getting in your your holes. I don't talk about whole particles. I'm not <laughs> not here for that. Not not here for the whole particles. Doesn't help you. No. I I'm, I'm just I don't know about you John, but I'm I'm one of those people that when I get sick, I'm baby. <laughs> you are baby. I, I am baby. And yeah. I it's like I because it happens so infrequently and I'm just like me. I'm sick. Yeah. I mean that's already where your foreignness uh, is primed to receive some <laughs> like, oh, I, I need to, I need to feel like I, I, I I'm living this sadness no one for is, a while. No, no one is as sick as me right now. Yeah. No one's ever been through this. Believe me, no one has ever been this sick before. As sick as me. This so sickness sick that I have. Oh, God. Oh, well, <clears throat> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm down with many people are saying they're down. With many, many, many are saying that the sickness I have, they're down they're with down it, but with they're it. not. They are lying crooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are all over the place this episode. Yeah. Well, I hope you feel better. I hope the tea helps you. I don't Ooh. have tea. I Ooh. have a different kind of refreshment. <laughs> what do you um, have over there? That is not- a very vibrant blue can. Yes. Well, it's not a particularly weird beer tonight, but it is a, it's a collab between a couple local breweries near me. Uh, we got Microphone Brewing, which is sort mm. of like a punk rock, rock and roll brewery and oh, yeah. Roaring Table Brewing. And they collaborated on this Roaring Microphone Baltic Porter. So I'm guessing I will enjoy it. Um, but yeah, man, I hope you, uh, I hope you're back to old flames again and not just tea with spicy honey soon. Yeah. I mean, there's, this is uh, maybe my body's way of saying, hey, why don't you be a few less old flames? <laughs> That's true. I'm just get a little hydrated and then we'll, then we'll talk. Well, the good news is nothing makes you feel better than Page of the Lion's control. Um, <laughs> when, you're, when you're feeling down, when, yeah. you're having, when you're having a tough time. When <laughs> just throw that on repeatedly. When, when your depression <laughs> is creeping in, uh, just, just throw That's on yet, yet another album. That features a uh, spousal murder. Hey, you're gonna die. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. <laughs> Everything Magnified turns pod. to shit. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, this beer is delicious. <laughs> there needs to be like a like an Indian summer wheat ale or something like that. Ooh, you know, yeah. or what or beer like... invokes climate change the most? <laughs> yeah, like. Um, unnecessarily warm or something yeah something what what says what says i'm super wealthy and lay by the pool all day <laughs> right yeah hard to say probably uh, like some sort of hard seltzer or something yes it's true <laughs> yes much to get into this week um which uh you know we should say uh mentioned at the end of last episode that we'd be talking to brandon vetter director of the Bazan documentary strange negotiations that's not happening it will happen it's just not happening this week but this week that means we do get to talk about control yes and we were talking about this a little before we started recording this album huge for me huge for most pedro fans um an album that's uh we were saying difficult for us to choose a top three because there's so many 
great songs. It's also like very heavy musically and lyrically, lots to get into. So I'm a little like daunted by this conversation because it's been a record that has like loomed over for me for 20 years. So I hope I do it justice. It's it's another one of those albums that I only sort of listened to when it came out, probably only because of the controversy around it, the the controversy, Mm. if you will. Sure. Um, But for whatever reason, my heart wasn't prepared for it. So I um, many come mentions. (laughs) Not enough, if you ask me. There's more than ever on this record. For Pedro, <laughs> so. In terms of the number of times Pedro has said come on his records before, this is exactly 100% more yep, mentions yep. of come. Um, yes. Let's take it into. I uh, should also say on the Pedro front, uh, <laughs> I didn't know how to transition out of that. No. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get into come corner a little bit later. <laughs> I don't want to go to Comcorner. It doesn't sound like a good place to be. No, I no one no one wants to go to Comcorner, John. It you just like, end a, up there. Okay. You, you end up there like you're like Jerry Seinfeld, like, how did I get here? What's the deal with Comcorner? I wasn't here. It was a cum corner, here. Jerry. She put me in a cum corner. A cum corner? A cum corner? Oh boy. This uh, is tough. <laughs> is this good? Do people this like is, this? Is this good God? Is this, this control? Is this, is this, is this like anything? Is this Pedro's anything? Biggest record. We're talking. We're talking. Come. We're talking. Um, you know, uh, honey. I don't know. It, yeah. Um. Anyway, the anyway. new Pedro album doesn't have any mentions of come, but it does talk about drums. Uh, the song. Here we go. Yeah, that's good. First drum set, uh, which uh, bangs is on Havasu. Um, the music video came out for it this week, directed by Cody Cloud, who's like a long-term collaborator of Bazan's uh, and it rules so check that video out if you haven't seen it yet the Pedro tour is underway uh, we will both be seeing him uh, shortly and reporting back so yeah get your get your Pedro tickets everybody yeah I'm gonna do my best to see if I can talk to him or hey do you want to <laughs> join me in the come corner <laughs> I've got a podcast about you <laughs> I'll be like yeah cool uh, I gotta go now Hey, uh, can can we? Um, so on our last podcast, we talked about the cum corner. Can you? Uh, can we? Can you say? Can you say this is uh, David Bazan and this is the cum corner? <laughs> he'll, he'll definitely want to introduce that segment. I think. Hey, who are, th- uh, who are these nice security guys? These these friends here. Oh, cool. You guys want to come to the cum corner too? All right. See you, David. Uh, um, yeah. What are we doing? What are we doing outside? This is weird. This is where the show is. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, this is this is I hope he listens to this and decidedly <laughs> is like, well, I was gonna maybe offer something oh, now. No. Definitely got nothing to do with them. Oh no. Um but there are other people who have opinions, not just us. Yes. Any uh any voicemails to check out? Ooh, sure do. Um we have a voicemail line, 872-762-4763-8727 magpod. Or send us your voice memos mm-hmm. if you prefer. But we do have some Danny Leary voicemails mm-hmm. uh, from last week that we didn't get to. So figured get to them now. Hi, this is Danny again. And I was calling to add to my own how I first heard of Pedro Lion, just in case it does or doesn't validate any points from that first 
voicemail. Um, not validate, but we'll see, we'll see. So I got into Pedro the Lion pretty early, like 99 or 2000, when I discovered the existence of what was then called emo, which is now just like post-hardcore and like indie mm-hmm. rock with punk leaning, you know, not theatrical, dramatic pop punk. So I discovered emo and Page of the Lion back then in like 99, 2000 was on blogs and lists of like greatest emo bands. So I'm like, okay, let me look into Page of the Lion. I'm like, oh, their first thing's on tooth and nail. Oh, it says here, they're Christian. Cool. I'll check them out. So I really only knew, I only really listened to Page of the Lion from the whole EP through Winners Never Quit. And then after, you know, having listened through those four releases like a ton, I was like, I'm actually enjoying this. Like there's a number of songs, like especially because you guys didn't really love all the Peppy songs. And the Peppy songs on It's Hard to Find a Friend are like our favorite ones <laughs> because they feel like a relief. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, by the time Control came out, I was actually out. I was like, I don't, especially with the things I was hearing about Control and having nothing to do with like, religiously or whatever just like hearing it was more intense same reason maybe andrew doesn't like uh horror movies i was like i can't do this again i checked and i I don't think i've ever actually listened to control because of that and i listened to achilles heel a little bit and then in 2005 is the only time i ever saw a david bazan solo show only time i ever saw david bazan live 2005 i was living in orlando and I went to a solo show of his at the Social in Orlando, and he does the Q&A stuff. And I can't remember what song it was, but at some point he mentions Jesus in a song, but he changed it to Jesus. And someone who was clearly upset at his leanings away from Christianity, their Q&A question was like, why did you say Jebus there? Like thinking like, do you hate God now? Do you, are you not a Christian anymore? And David's answer was just like, that was a uh, Simpsons reference. Homer, I think it's Homer Simpson. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, he's like pondering on it. I think it was Homer Simpson said Jeebus once. And so it was like, yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right uh, as far as an interaction at a Bazan show. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, get, get a, making a joke get, and get a yeah, stupid so question. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> um, I too remember when he changed, I don't even remember what song that is, but he changed Jesus to Jeebus. And like, as much as I appreciate a, a Simpsons reference, I too at the time was a little bit like, oh man, now you're just like, actually, I think it was slow and steady. Um, what does he say about Jesus in that song? When I get to heaven, he's like Jeebus and the angels. And I remember being like, the song means something to me <laughs> and you're just making fun of it now, but no, I think he's, he's having a laugh. Um, yeah. If you haven't listened to control, um, I mean, if you were on board for winners never quit, I don't know why you wouldn't be on board for yeah, control. I mean, I guess Very I get vain. I mean, obviously, Hundred percent more cum references and some and some swearing, but like, you know, yeah, it's it is it's dark. I, I, it's dark. <laughs> I get the idea of it being more intense, which it's certainly it's heavier in terms of music mm-hmm. and maybe like wallowing a little more in the 
you know, Winners Never Quit tells a depressing story. This one deals a little more with just like depressing existence uh, a bit more. So I guess I could get how you would feel that way. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I understand why you wouldn't be drawn to that. But uh, I don't know. For these sad boys, uh, he, he always did the trick. We got some Dustin Kent. Hey, dudes, it's Dustin in St. Louis. I am really digging this Pedro review to this point. Um, uh, I I first heard of Pedro when I went to college. I As a young punk and ska kid, uh, one of my buddies at, at Greenville had introduced me to Pedro, and, and this dude later became, like, my best friend. He's like a brother to me. Um, he's, a, he's a huge, massive Pedro Bazan fan. Um, and while I've always really enjoyed the, the faster, more upbeat, angsty stuff, um, there was something about, you know, Bazan's lyrics and music, and it, it kind of came to me at the perfect point in my life. I, you know, just started questioning my faith and what I believed. And um, there was something about these lyrics that, that just resonated with me. I, I, I understood them. I, they made sense and the music is so well written and, and put together. It's just, it's just hard to deny it. And so I quickly became a big Pedro and Bazan fan myself. And, and by the way, if you guys don't do a review on Cursor Branches, I'm going to scream. It's such <laughs> a good album. And anybody that's really had any sort of fallout with, you know, faith and religion, it's, I mean, I don't know how that album doesn't just move you um, almost to tears, if not, it moves you to tears every time you listen to it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really lo- loving the review so far. Uh, both albums are, are great and, and incredibly important to me. And I'm really looking forward to Control. That's probably my favorite Pedro uh, album. Um, and I, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, real quick side note, um, you guys had a great interview and um, uh, Main Street Cafe and Denise was brought up and one of my bands in college, we had actually played there a couple times. She was such a, a sweetheart of a lady um, and we really appreciated our time there and, and what she was doing um, was, was just being a good human. And, uh, and, and I always really appreciated her quite a bit. So random small world that we would have run into some of similar people. But anyways, um, thanks for everything uh, that you guys are doing and looking forward to more Pedro reviews. As always, MagPod for life. Yes. Thanks, man. Thanks, Dustin. Um, uh, Dustin, by the way, designer yes. of the werewolf reclamation project and phantom cackler yes uh, designs that we have up on some merch yes in our shop right now magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com they are incredible dustin is very talented yes uh, so thank you for that um want to hear your band i feel yeah. like you'd mentioned that before but yeah send in send in your band um, hey man dustin send in send in your band uh send in uh any yeah for new listeners like every once in a while we will feature uh people's bands who are like that you know call in and if it's relevant to like sort of the vein of what we do like did you have mm-hmm. a ska band did you have a pop punk band or do you have a now, de- now, depressing have a, emo if, band a depressing emo band hell yeah yeah that that's an east lady sounded, sounds rad sounded pretty rad i mean not too many people can say they had a chance to have like uh, a casserole with under oath <laughs> <laughs> no that rules no denise sounds awesome i love this idea of this 
old lady keeping the hardcore scene alive uh, in KC. Is that where it was? I think so. Um, so yeah, it's not 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 unlike uh, Heart and Soul, which we've invoked uh, here for the sort of like Chicago burbs scene kids. But there was no there was no Denise handing out casseroles. So no, just uh, just handing out problematic theology. <laughs> yeah, some Israel flags maybe. Um, <laughs> um, and did you? Did you find a compilation of heart and soul worship music recently? <laughs> yes, I did. You're referring you to did. sold out. Uh, the sold out yep. youth group, which band you didn't want the CD, which I found weird. Um, <laughs> so I'll hold on to it for you for a while. Yeah, um, it, it was. Hold on, I'm, I'm you. It was um, sold out uh, live worship, and it has some fingers holding a burning match on it, which is sounds right. So cool. And then under the live worship, it says, igniting the passion of a generation. It's like, all right, guys. You got fire, you got ignite, you got passion, you got generation. I mean, it's just, this is true 90s youth group bingo. Oh, here. man. Yeah. Um, we have a couple mutual friends featured on that album, by the way. Uh, Ooh. I'll talk about that off pod. <laughs> okay. We don't, yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to like spot. <laughs> accidentally shame them um anyway much much clamoring for cursory branches to be uh, covered in some way andrew as we said i think we said we're, we're gonna cover it on the patreon no you know discography deep dive of pedro slash design is really complete without that somewhere in there so we'll get it on there uh, Dustin, we can maybe send you a link to that one so that you can have that. You've done yeah. you've done work for us. We can send that to you. But uh, yeah. yeah, maybe if there's enough uh, clamoring for it to be on the main feed, we can consider that too. But anyway. yeah, John and I did some work ahead of the of the release to try and like actually have some sort of a structure to the season where we're like planning when things are recorded and yeah. and when just like trying to have things, you know. So we're you know, we'll see. We'll see if we can fit it in. We've done we've done double records before, so it's true. It's true. Um, not that we prefer that. <laughs> um, the Rudy Librarian, Brian Canberra. Okay, one. I just need to know what season will Derek Webb fit on? Because I feel like Derek mm. Webb and David Bazan are so much in the same vein, and. Uh, and I feel like Derek is one of those that I really want to hear y'all cover at some point. I don't know if you would cover his old Cademan's Call stuff or if you would just dive straight into the Derek Webb discography, but I would really love to hear y'all cover him. Okay, secondly, two, um, I've realized I forgot to introduce myself again. Uh, I'm not very good at this, I guess. It's, it's Brian, the Rudy Librarian. And then three which would really be two if i had introduced myself <laughs> at one or whatever is i have to take a second and really uh just cheer weep for joy i don't know i'm so glad that you guys talked about um slow and steady win the race the way that you did that song to me yeah. is also my absolute absolute favorite uh bazan pedro the lion song and it gets me every time, the part that gets me, I know you guys really highlighted that last quote about deserving, which also hits me, but man, the part where he's just like, she asked me where my brother is and I said, I don't know, and I ate. Like basically mm. just the apathy, the, the, the sheer apathy to how well yeah. 
uh, other people are doing when you're prioritizing yourself is baffling to me about Christianity sometimes. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely still a Christian. I love my faith. It means so much to me, but I just don't get how we can turn our backs so frequently on people who are hurting, on the immigrants, on you know, the disenfranchised, on the LGBTQ, on black lives, on women, you know, just over and over and over again. It's so antithetical to the gospel to me, and that's part of why that song is gonna probably remain one of my absolute favorites, because it addresses that in a way that sort of makes me proud and sort of makes me sad because it's so true. Magpod for life. <laughs> I love these like, um, <laughs> that's two weeks. No, Brian has shared these very like emotional yeah. uh, statements that are, are beautiful. And then ends with Magpod for life, which I certainly yeah. appreciate. Thank you, Brian. <clears throat> so Brian, we'll, we'll all, we always got you. If you forget to introduce yourselves, yourself, yeah, we got you. We got you. Don't worry. Um, we know everybody knows the Rudy librarian second. Yes. Slow and steady. There's a lot going on in that song and the, what you're talking about, Brian, this, the, the shifting in priorities of Christian evangelicalism is something that is addressed quite a bit in the documentary strange negotiations mm -hmm. that uh, we will be discussing eventually and kind of during the rise of Trump and Bazan talks quite a bit about um, the different things, the different, different idols that mm -hmm. evangelicals have created. And I do think that there's, there are a lot of things that there are things that have become idolatry for, for the, for evangelicals and power is one of them. Mm -hmm. At the same time, persecution is like persecution yes. complex. Um, they're like, it's, it's it, the stuff that you're talking about. He's like this, this, the sort of the self focus. They're mm. so, everything has become so fo centered on self. Right. Right. That there's no room for the gospel when you're, right. when it's all about like, I don't know. I have my cake. Right. I have my tea and cake. I made it to grandma's house. You're saying I have to be concerned about somebody else too now? Oh, gosh, where does Jesus ever talk? About oh, like literally entire gospels? Okay, well, <laughs> right. uh, I don't know. I mean, really, is that really that important? Right. So it's in, in that, that same theme just continues very much onto control. The... Mm -hmm. uh, Focusing, thinking about oneself, uh, selfish actions, the justification of behaviors, um, and uh, obviously not as much of a uh, Christian message necessarily uh, strung throughout the uh, control as it is winners never quit, mm -hmm. but um, still still very apt comparison of those two records um yeah what do you what do you think john um yeah i think that was really well said brian and the kind of uh successful metaphor of the song that you're alluding to as i mentioned last week uh 
escaped me a little bit when I was younger and still enjoyed the song, but couldn't quite get a handle on it, which I'm glad that you raised this again this week because I meant to talk about this last week. This is going to be a new ongoing segment um, of me asking uh, stupid questions at uh, Bazan shows because I distinctly remember <laughs> in like 2005, he's like, does anybody have any questions? And I was like, uh, is slow and steady wins the race like a metaphor? <laughs> I think that was literally what I said because oh, <laughs> I think I listened to it and I was like, you know, I think there might be more to this than than what's on the surface. There might be like a metaphor going on here, oh, my God. and I can just like <laughs> look back <laughs> and hear the like you know laughter, stifled laughter, otherwise of people around me being like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> and he very graciously was like, um, "Yeah." It's about a guy uh, who's an asshole who thinks he's not or something like that, you know, which is like, again, there's more to it than that. But I was like, yeah, right on. I thought it was. <laughs> so anyway, um, props to you for understanding its complexity uh, before I did, perhaps. But yes, it is, uh, as I said last week, my favorite Pedro song. I'm glad that you love it so much, too. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying, Andrew, about the focus on the self is is well said as well. I mean, I that's the result of a... Um, expression of faith that's completely centered on uh, a transactional relationship that only has to do with personal salvation. Um, and I was just thinking about this today as I drove by a church sign and I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was something like God changed the world with three nails or something like that. There was a little more to it than that. Sure. And I was like, to reduce everything right. that Jesus right. came to the earth to do and, and, and did to three nails is just like, boy, there's a lot of gospel that we're not getting with that reduction anyway that's why that song rules so much to talk about yeah that is a, a bummer way to you know I, look i under i understand the the importance and the significance of the crucifixion and what the role it plays in the salvation story but if everything that you remember about and talk about Jesus is that he died and not right. literally everything leading up to the reason that the right. state executed him. Right. Then that you're again, you're this guy who's like, I'm going to receive a mansion. I deserve right. to be here in heaven. You're missing the point. Yeah. Try um, again. When I Gosh. climax, it's like Jesus and the angels welcoming into heaven <laughs> Um, David is um is that is that a metaphor, um, <laughs> or do you really think Jesus is greeting you when you <laughs> when you when you come? Hey, is uh, David is this song part of Come Corner? I <laughs> I didn't want to come back to come, but I, <laughs> I guess I had to. Look, it's all does. over this album, all right? Oof. Another thing, Brian, you mentioned um, Derek Webb, and. I do think that there are some similarities in the the Venn diagram of Derek Webb, Derek Webb and David Bazan. There's a lot of overlap um, coming from a noted Christian act to publicly deconstructing and, mm -hmm. you know, getting his music, getting more liberal and progressive as he was writing it. And I don't know, I guess I, I, I mean, I, I, I definitely was listening to some Derek Webb in college as he was doing that 
doing starting to write his more left-leaning stuff and i was like hell yeah this is the kind of church i want this is the kind of christian and the kind of jesus that i believe in this sort of Mm -hmm. this radical jesus um and i don't know what do you what do you think john we've talked about like the possibility of a folk season i don't know that that would be at the top of our list for next few seasons but there are several artists like that who've been mentioned i think the idea of covering him would certainly be interesting and is like a worthy uh name for the list but folks have also mentioned you know we've talked about mike not whether yeah michael not would fit the season i think that too probably a little more of like a folk season maybe i mean he's kind of his own thing but we've, he, he might still make it on the season at some point uh folks have also raised similar who's obviously yes. like a much more recent addition to the sort of world we talk about but she would be fascinating to talk about too so i feel like there's a bunch of sort of singer songwritery kevin max sure kevin max I mean, he's he's all doesn't really bleep some bloops bleeps and bloops uh maybe we could do like a whole like challenging the church season artists hey. that are like challenging the church to cool. try and get better and to do that better. sounds interesting maybe we could do a little mini season between bigger <clears throat> seasons or something sure um, but these are all great ideas we're always very happy to hear suggestions and do consider them even if things don't always shake out that way but yeah we we will consider that thanks for raising that, that yeah and on that note we should probably just cover uh lucy dacus you know you know hey. just get her on the pod sounds good to me oof what's her deal home home patio um her deal is i think she's like 25 or something so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh what else we got oh so we got a an email from our boy bobby g robert gay it's been a while we haven't it's been a while we haven't heard from him in, in a while uh he says hey john and andrew i'm catching up on it's hard to find a pod and loving it it re- reminded me of a recording that might be worth sharing back in 2007 2008 my roommate jack wittis and I recorded this cover of Hole by Pedro the Lion. Let's check it. Let's check it out. Ooh, different. Kind of dig that. Bleepy bloopy. Yeah, Bobby G. Very nice. That is, that to me is like, if someone told me 
Like, what would Pedro the Lion sound like if he uh, came out of Nashville? Like that. <laughs> yeah. Robert, very talented dude. Yes. Uh, check out his music at robertmgay.bandcamp.com. Um, but yeah, that that was nice. I like that. It's, yeah. Uh, didn't have really enough Michigan J Frog for me. <laughs> uh, could use a little more. Uh, a little bit more. Hey, Mr. Uh, Hall, fixing man. More, more tip of the hat. More uh, cane, you, more Robert. cane gesturing. Yeah. Uh, good stuff though. Great stuff. Thanks for sharing, Bobby G. Anyway, we appreciate you guys uh, leaving your yes. voicemails, calling in, giving your thoughts, your thoughtful thoughts, mm. uh, sharing your music. Yes. Um, that's what this community is all about. That's right. Uh, camaraderie, the friendship, sharing of art, sharing of takes, mm. sharing of wins and losses. Mm. But John, good transition. I, I think we need to share some wins. I agree. We are now in the winner's circle. Winners I got a I got a winner to share this week, Andrew. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. In order to, to spare your voice a little bit, and mm. <clears throat> because I'm a little revved up about this one, I'll go first. Okay. My winner, Andrew, this week is a little something called Jenny's Everything Bagel Ice Cream. Jesus Christ. Okay. okay. Now, Macmillan's Dictionary defines unadventurous mm. as not oh, interested yeah. in trying anything new. And I just want to say, I got dragged a bit online for enjoying delightful Jenny's Everything Bagel ice cream. I got dragged for talking on the pot about my dill aquavit, which is delicious. And I feel somewhat <laughs> vindicated by the people who've ordered aquavit and enjoyed it since then. I'm just saying, I enjoy a weird beer. Look, we only go around this beautiful blue marble one time, okay? Uh, and while we're here, let's have a little adventure, baby. Let's try some weird ice creams. Let's try some weird liquor and beer. You don't have to drag old Johnny just because I like some I like some adventure in my life, all right? And I'm not talking about jumping out of airplanes or riding motorcycles. I like eating and drinking. So it's gotta be, it's gotta, we gotta try some fun stuff, all right? You enjoy what you enjoy. I enjoy what I enjoy. Just listen to what I have to say. You're gonna like it. Just at least at least try it, okay? Jenny's everything bagel ice cream. You won. <laughs> Miriam Webster defines condescending as showing or characterized by patronizing or superior attitude towards others. Oh, Andrew's drinking tea. Oh, tea's <laughs> so weird. Shut up. Um, actually, I I am. If you want to be, if you want to be a little bit, I you know I'm gonna come across as like a superior douchebag well, myself. Actually, I'm drinking a Hoplark. Are you familiar ooh. with Hoplark? Did we talk about this last week? Did we talk about it last week? I don't remember. I think so. <clears throat> Sounds good. Yeah, the sparkling hop water. It's craft brewed water with hops in it, and it's like too expensive, but it's so delicious. Sounds pretty great. It is great, and when you're um, trying to not drink as much, you know, yeah. it's nice to nice to have something that tastes like beer, but isn't uh, giving you giving you the old fat face. <laughs> I know about that. That was kind of a, that was not a true rant. Uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> listen, your boy likes to try some weird stuff. John, I encourage all of us to try some weird stuff here, now and then. Yeah, Trust yeah. me, okay? It's good. The bagel gravel's good. <laughs> bagel gravel is a, an interesting marketing technique. Um, <laughs> but like, look, we, if, 
I get I get dragged in in various ways. You get dragged for your your unique and and we'll adventurous say attitude, adventurous palette, and yeah. um, you know, in 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 the way that you pronounced the ska band the dingies you hey, know we don't need to talk about that anymore <laughs> i couldn't believe it that some actually the fact that somebody brought that up whatever group that was in yeah like the, like old school tooth and nail on facebook i think it made me feel vindicated a little it bit because i was like listen we don't all know it's dingy some of us think it's dingies okay um anyway we're not talking about dingies we're talking about Jenny's the, ice cream. <laughs> yeah, we're done with that. But just a few other winners to shout out real quick. Yeah. Last week you mentioned being psyched for the Linda Linda's record coming out. Yeah. I'm not here to steal your winners if that's one for you, but I will just say briefly that the record uh, I think lives up to the hype. Very enjoyable. Um, Wet Leg, a band we've talked about mm. this year. Very into them. They've been releasing singles for a while, but they put out their first LP on the same day. That also rules. I. I'm saving a little spot on my top 10 for it maybe we'll see Ooh. um and pup i talked about going to see pup yes or that i was going to go see them soon and i went and i went to see them and it ruled it was it was wonderful uh did i talk about this already <laughs> who knows everything <laughs> is a blur uh wouldn't it be nice if everything were meaningless but it's so meaningful including <laughs> going to see pup live it really it was my first time seeing them it really lived, lived up to the hype i had a lot of fun so those are my other winners i'll briefly shout out man those th- those videos that you were showing yeah. it's everybody was so pumped to be there and yes. they sounded they sounded great they had a yeah. great energy they said it was the third biggest show they've ever played i think so wow um yeah, yeah i think we did talk about the shows that we were, we were going to see right but not so much in the context of the winner circle right so because right. <clears throat> i did talk about how i was going to see ministry mm. and not going to end up in your winner circle. Not going to end up in my winner circle this week. Melvins? I was texting you while I was at the show um, while the Melvins were playing. And I was just like, uh, this, this is not, this is not great. The, the, the venue we were at, it was, uh, it sounded all, I was like, are they being blue mixed right now? Because this mm. is, this is tough. I've never been but, there. Yeah. I'm surprised though. I, I feel like that would be a bigger venue for both of those bands but maybe i've never been there maybe it's big oh yeah and but i did i did text you to let you know that a lauren michaels lookalike in jean <laughs> shorts was serving shots at the bar <laughs> jorts lauren michaels sounds like a conan character <laughs> yeah jorts lauren michaels does anybody need some shots but you need another I'm, shot i'm over here. i'm pouring i'm pouring some shots of uh liquor <laughs> that's a real good one that's weird I've, I've never tried to do a lauren michaels before in my life but nailed it um Get anyway so <laughs> but my control my... is my favorite pedro the every album. everybody says that pedro is sad but he's actually if you listen he's hopeful <laughs> um good take line <laughs> We are going to get him on anyway. No, I was going to get him on Saturday Night Live. Anyway, that'd be great. My winner this week is a dude named Mike Grant. Hmm. Never heard of him. Well, that's because you gotta you gotta go to Black End uh, Tattoo, yeah, and get him to give you some dope ink because he gave me my latest tattoo. Um, I got a. Ham's can 
tattooed on my on my left tricep. It looks and so good, man. I'm so I'm so happy with it. And he he did some little alterations to because this isn't like exactly a cam that exists, but I wanted to have the crown mm-hmm. logo that they have that's sort of like a crown that's actually waves with like little trees in between it. I wanted to have that in with like the the blue the blue can mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> and he like got the color yeah so every and everybody was like was coming by and looking at it and they're like oh man this is so great that looks so cool you got you really nailed the colors and yeah. then he was telling me he's like oh, i'm worried that people are going to be like like think i'm like the hyper realism guy and like mm. but like he just did like he just executed it so well and yeah uh, and he's done he's done like all of every piece that i've gotten done since i moved to the twin cities he's done and uh i'm like what do you i'm like do you have anything that you're working on that you are that you you know because i'm like i want to get a skull something because he's like really into like skulls are like a specific thing that he like does really well and he really enjoys doing. That's and cool. so he was showing me a piece that he was working on that hasn't been claimed yet. And I'm like, mm. it's like a, this grim reaper with like, you know, with a skull and, and I think it like had like a crown of thorns situation going on. Ooh. I'm like, this is metal as hell. <laughs> There's a lot happening there. There's a lot happening. And, um that broken bones tat oof man and so i'm like i'm I'm like yeah i want to i want him to do something there but um so mike awesome dude and for the first time in two years of him doing work for me i finally made it to his instagram ah nice he should be proud was he what was his reaction when you said hams can was he like ah of course a popular request or was he like Oh, fascinating. No, you know, I don't think I don't think he's ever done one. I don't think he's the people in the shop were just like there's somebody that's like, oh man, it's such a cool idea. And and he and then Mike was like, Oh, maybe I should get a, a high life. And I'm like, Oh man. If you want you're, that on your body, I guess. You want if you're choice. if you're a high life guy, like I guess, but <laughs> but you know, we we're just giving each other just giving each other shit. But um, um regardless yeah, I, I just, of the taste of it the hams can is a, that's a thing of beauty you want that on your body high life i don't want to drink it as much as hams and i don't want it on my body as much as hams no that's that and th- that's and something i said on my instagram is that like that some people might look at this and see oh you got a beer tattoo and i'm like no this is a minnesota tattoo that's right like it it's to me like it was when i moved here it it became this sort of like I'd like now forever associate it with familiarizing myself with the state. Right. Now I like live in St. Paul where Hams was birthed. And, you know, there's uh I live right near an area where there's like a Hams water uh, a waterfall named after the Hams family, uh the Ham family. And uh the Ham fam. The Ham fam. And so it's like, it just feels like a, a part of my experience and uh, it's delicious to me. 
and um i still hey, you wrote you wrote the song of the summer about it i did wrote write the song of the summer of 2020 that yeah. they still haven't acknowledged but you know whatever between the tattoo and the hit song you wrote for them we got to get some free cases at least where's my 30 gotta, where's my 30 pack yeah you gotta you should be able to walk into you know whatever facility and get yourself a free ham for life. <laughs> just, I think that's... just show my show my tricep and be like boom where's my <laughs> swag like, ham song guys here and i got a i got a enamel pin on my jacket and everything come on. come on come on hams i got a i got a a piece of original hams art up in my living room hmm. what do you what more do you want from me yeah hams get with it well andrew those are good winners we're all winners this week because after the break, we're getting into Pedro the Lion's control. I almost said they right that time. <laughs> Good enough. Hi, I'm Liam Hooper. And I'm Peterson Toscano. Together, we co-host the Bible Bash podcast. Each month, we look into a different ancient story. We're curious to find insights into our own queer lives. We discuss these and share our findings with you. You can find the Bible Bash podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out at the end of each month. Hey, John. Hey. You're a you're a fan of punk, right? I think so. I think so, too. <laughs> so, have you heard of Small Step Records? Hmm. You know, the name is familiar, but, but tell me more. Well, Small Step Records is a faith-based DIY record label with mm-hmm. bands that are melodic punk pop punk easy core emo and ska and they have some new albums and new bands releasing records right now on all streaming services and you should check them out bands like home plate which has like an easy core vibe so if you're fans of newfound glory or four years strong you should check them out. You got Grandpa Loves Rhinos, mm-hmm. which is definitely got like a pop punk vibe going on. Andrew, not only that, Ooh. they are Magpot's first official sponsor. Oh, really? Starburst's got nothing on these guys. All mm. right. These guys are the real deal. <laughs> uh, the tagline is love God, love others, listen to pop punk. You can go to smallstepperecords.com, check out the cool records and merch and bands they have, and we will be, through their generosity, offering some giveaways in the coming uh, weeks and months uh, on our socials of some of these Small Step Bands records. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, John, unlike some record labels, which may have come up over the course of the podcast, the artists on Small Step always keep 100% of the rights and ownership of their music. Yes. So... Any money that goes to Small Step goes directly back into supporting the bands. That is a huge deal mm. when it comes to supporting artists because oftentimes band puts out a record, they don't own their music, but this is yep. this is a, a, a label with integrity. So you yep. love to see it. Love to see it. Small Step, check them out. Smallsteprecords.com.
we're back. Oh, this album's good. <laughs> <laughs> this album has good music on it. Sure does. Uh, we're talking Pedro Lion, talking Control. Uh, no Indian Summer here in mm. Minnesota today. Some fresh snow, where, right? Where it was snowing. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Can't decide. It's like, is it is it 60? Is it raining? Is it snowing? I don't know. Let's just throw them all in in the matter of like a few days. Why is, it thunder, is it thunderstorming and then it's snowing the next day? Sure is. Sure. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. This uh, definitely uh, the insanity of climate change is not uh, affecting anything. Nope. It's all good. Everything's cool. Yep. Everything's fine. It's fine. Fortunately, that won't be covered at all on the album this week. Um, Control was released April 16th, 2002 on Jade Tree. It features David Bazan. And drums, guitars, bass, and keys. I mean, come on. Pretty good. Uh, it also features Casey Fobert. Faubert? I've never been sure how to say his name. But that dude is a bit of a legend within the scene. He has played with Bazan in various capacities. He played with Sufjan in various capacities. He plays on the Carrie and Lowell album, uh, another classic of old sad bastard music, as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> he's played with The Shins. He's played with Damien Gerardo. Are you done with OSB? Yeah, you, yeah, know, you me. know me. <laughs> yeah, you know me. I yeah. guess I'll just listen to some Casey Fulbert. That was uh, strong sad. <laughs> strong you do the, sad from Homestar Runner. You do the better strong sad than I do. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll just love control. <laughs> kind of like that. I don't know. It's been a while since I've uh, done that impression. Um, anyway, he's also helping out on bass, keys, guitar, percussion. I think they're just kind of playing uh, whatever for whatever song. I don't think they're necessarily... I mean, here's what I think about when I think about this album. Uh, drums, which I assume that's Bazan, mostly slaying it on those skins. The drums sound incredible on this record. Um, and the crunchy, live-sounding guitar, that guitar sound and drums are what I think about when I think about this album. Look, I think all the instruments, fuzzy as hell the bass too. rules to getting some bleepy bloopy action with this record. The synths are starting to permeate. Sometimes it's like, you're like, is that, is there yeah. something going on there? It's, Just it's in not in your face. Right. Not, no, but I love it. I love it. It's, it's restrained. Absolutely. And the times where it's front and center. Ooh, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the instruments sound great. I think this album sounds great. Uh, it was recorded and mixed by Bazan Fobert and our dude, Aaron Sprinkle. Ooh. At control and compound recording. Um, and I, that was not a detail that I remembered until <clears throat> looking at the details again this week we we're like you know Aaron Sprinkle he's uh come up on the pod before come up on the pod not always in a super positive context but uh dude knows how to produce he you know putting out interesting music now um was not aware of his uh contributions to this record but apparently very important how it came out so well done Aaron uh mastered by Troy Glesner at Spectre um they recorded it all the way through once and then scrapped it entirely and started again um Bazan wanted to, yeah, that sounds hard. Um, he wanted to be more open to like a live sound and kind of however it came out would be how it came out. And can I can I'm, I make a, a po- can I pause it something? Yes. Uh, did did Aaron Sprinkle record it a certain way? And did they say absolutely not? They start all over. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened in this case. That has <laughs> happened before uh, with a different artist we covered. <laughs> But um, no, I think he was actually pretty instrumental and in, uh, literally because I think he played some of the instruments sometimes. Ooh. But I think 
I, I think here's my like sort of theory is that he both um, thematically and musically sort of came in with an approach of how he wanted to do it and then just sort of gave in to how it came together instead. And I think that was the right call because I love, I love the sound of this record. It does feel kind of live. It lends itself well to, it's a big rock record. You know, it's, it's heavy. It packs a punch. And um, this is the first time he's really kind of gone that far. And he did a, a tour recently to commemorate the, I guess, what? Not the 20th, maybe it was the 15th anniversary or something, but it's such a record that lends itself well to live playing. These songs sound great live and they fill up a good sounding room super well. And some of these songs I enjoyed when I just knew it as an album, but when I saw them live kind of like unlocked for me in a new way. And I was like, Oh, this is like, I'm really getting onto the wavelength now of kind of these heavy distorted guitars um, in a way that I maybe wasn't just listening through it. But um, I think it's, you know, it's similar to winners never quit in a lot of ways, as we said, Um, it's another concept album, although a looser concept this time around, but uh, another depressing story involving spousal murder. Uh, this time the wife murders the husband um spoiler alert sorry yeah that's what happens um but i you know it it was largely inspired by bazan getting involved in the 1999 seattle world trade organization protests uh, also known as the battle of seattle you know he's talked about that a lot as sort of a uh, moment for him where his politics kind of came into focus and he came away determined to write about capitalism um and had originally intended for all the songs to sort of be about power structures and then decided that was too limiting and ended up mixing that in with songs about domestic troubles as well. And didn't necessarily mean for them all to cohese together, cohere, but they do. And I think the, the question of how success and capitalism can kind of poison both, you know, society and on a personal family level, um, so maybe similar to his recording approach, he wanted it to be a little less deliberate and just let what came out come came out, uh, what came out come out. But I think it, I mean, I think it's basically a masterpiece. Like it was, it was very well reviewed. It was a lot of people's favorites. I think it still is a lot of people's favorite Pedro record. It certainly was mine for a while, and when it came out, it was like exactly what I wanted at that point, musically and lyrically kind of continuing that trajectory, as we said, of sort of tracking with him as he went. Um, Today, it doesn't hold that status for me, partly because of, I think, some of that messagey writing that he moved into here and kind of moved away from feels a little on the nose at times. Like the saying sort of titillating words or using these, you know, blunt metaphors in a way that like, felt a little like someone trying to prove that they're like gritty from the Christian world. You know what I mean? Like, as we said, come is invoked several times. Um, But I still really love it. It all still feels very relevant thematically. And sometimes blunt metaphors are what you need for the world that we live in. And it feels like very ad busters to me, you know, Mm. Um, at a time when I was very on that wavelength of questioning power structures and capitalism and so i don't know it, it certainly is like it feels of a specific time to me in a way but i also feel like these songs all hold up completely to the extent that as you we were saying like almost any of these could be in my top three 
you'd be hard pressed out to find an album out there that has a strong of a like opening three or four songs like like control has yeah this is an unbelievable run of songs um yeah i'm very curious now about your top three it's bro i think we hear something we need to say it's it's nearly impossible to choose a top three on this record because they my my favorite songs kind of go back and forth all the time and i'm saying i'm saying it now and you you said it before i reserve the right to change it yeah in the in the moment because sometimes they hit sometimes they hit differently sometimes it's i feel so strongly about some songs and then i get to a certain song i'm like god this is but is it a top three contender is it is it like yeah is it my favorite song (laughs) i don't know it's hard it's hard but to your point about the about the blunt uh, metaphors like I that sort of stuff it I don't I don't know if he was necessarily doing being like a tryhard or anything I feel like I mean he was just released an album also about about murder suicide and uh and corruption and and you know selfish people and yeah I think I don't know I, I, I don't know I was also not listening to it at the time and we don't know Bazan's sort of mindset in the writing of this record but and maybe part of it too was like pushing back on the the moralist the moral uh the moralistic church that's like that he talked about on winners never quit that it's like certain things are acceptable but other things are uh we're gonna we're gonna make a differentiation between you know what we consider acceptable sin and unacceptable sin and think about what had just was happening at this time with with george w bush Mm -hmm. um taking office and sort of true right-wing evangelicalism was becoming a major forefront thing like I, i i don't know i don't know maybe maybe there's something there maybe it's just a yeah no i think it was the time for that kind of stuff to be addressed. Uh, and in fact, I remember uh, another uh, questionable thing that I asked at a show <laughs> around this time. 2004? This was 2003. So I was like, what do you think about John Kerry? <laughs> yeah. I was like, this guy just got the nomination. Like, I want to know Dave Zahn is safe. <laughs> and it wasn't anything good, I don't think. But I remember people being like, Ugh. <laughs> like when I said that, which like looking back, Maybe I didn't need to ask him that. Um, but yeah, I think for me, what it's not so much that it's like naughty words. It's like the metaphors just aren't as, I feel like winners never quit and Achilles heel hold up a little better in terms of just like um, art that feels a little more timeless rather than like, it just, there's a sort of like, not clunkiness to this, but just like the metaphors aren't as like clean and maybe that's okay because this feels again very much sort of of its time it's like musically matches that in terms of like this is a blunt hard record it's documenting this moment and for all those reasons i don't it's not like i bump on it it's just like at the time i was just like my mind was blown by it now i'm a little bit like it's a little like college dormy at times which is fine he's worked up and he's mad but you know and rightfully so um 
but yeah, I feel like winners. I had a pretty clear sense of my top three, uh, at least my top two. And this one, I just love every song and think of this record so much as like a co- cohesive piece that it's hard yeah. for me to determine which ones are really my favorite. So this will be interesting as we go through it. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's really, really tough. And I think we need to get into it now. Um, Let's do it. Can't wait. Options. This is my number one. Okay. It's it's not in my top three. Yeah. Um, should it be? <laughs> While this isn't slow and steady in the yeah. sense that it's, I don't think about it with that the same level of love that I have for that, that song. I think this song also sets out a lot yes. of what we're going to be hearing on this record. Absolutely. There's there's a couple things that you can you can take away from this song that you you get to in the second uh verse in the second chorus. Mm-hmm. But um you know, him saying uh I could never divorce you without a good reason and though I may never have to, it's good to have options. So there's there's so much that you could parse from that mm-hmm. um the the part where he says i may never have to right uh, is very curious to me um that he's like i don't know like you know maybe you'll leave me because like right. maybe like i don't have to make the choice and you know but if i want to maybe i can so it's like clearly 
you're already getting a sense that this guy's kind of a piece of shit because then he's like, right. you know, but for now, like for now, I'm, I need you. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like also kind of shitty, but like for <laughs> yes. now, right. for now, like uh, everything's good. But the part where at the end where he says, so I told her I loved her and she told me she loved me and I mostly believed her and she mostly believed me. Yeah, is it's a gut punch. It is such a gut punch part of the song, and it's it's the, it's those lines that you're like, oh, this marriage is is kind of in it's kind of doomed. As we'll um, find out in the next song. As you find out in the next song, um, so they're like they don't trust each other, they don't believe each other. And, um, and they're not saying what they mean. It's very sad. I mean, it's, it's, I remember being struck by it, like the first time I heard it, because it seems almost like romantic at first. It's like, kind of this sway song, they're walking, holding hands. And he's like, I could never divorce you. And it's like, that's kind of sweet. And it's like, without a good reason. <laughs> You're just like, oh, shit. And then it's like, <laughs> But for now, I need you. Like it's another like the I need you part is like should be this romantic part, but it's like <laughs> just makes it so sad by having the like. But for now, um, in the same way that sort of winners never quits central romantic relationship is like very much about the surface level, like don't screw things up for me. You know, you sort of get the sense that the wife was like a, a political prop for him in this uh, quest for success. Here it's a, not dissimilar where it's like throughout this whole album we're exploring a a guy and a family who are like all about the surface level and how things come off in appearances but really underneath there's all this awful stuff brewing and he feels like he can't say those things out loud and so what happens is the family disintegrates and uh, there's a murder in there so anyway um musically i like that central riff a lot it's really cool oh man that's pretty good like the slidey part the slidiness is really cool yep um again those organy keys just in the background chilling pulled back not overpowering pretty simple but i think really effective and uh i mean yeah you know another in a a long line of devastating relationship songs uh about secrets uh for bazan and certainly slow but i think done with the kind of electric power that he just hadn't done a ton with up to that point so it really hits yeah and that part where right before he comes into that first verse where he they just like hit that chord and the and the the symbols and it just feels like things open up yeah totally i'm like ah this is so that's so great but i i do want to hear this uh final chorus sure brutal 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 
brutal. Um, not in that way. I can't. Yeah, this... I can't do that. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> not right now. Um, yep. This was one that I was like, "Is it in my top three? Is it my number one? No, it's not in my top three at all. Okay. <laughs> so once again, they're all. It could be. It, it might as well be my number one, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll go from uh devastation to a different kind of devastation mm, yes rapture number three okay also not in my top three but like is it <laughs> it's, it might be <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to deny everything that's going on and so we haven't even gotten to the chorus the chorus uh um, you gotta hear some of that and everything else that happens <laughs> yeah. the bridge uh, yep. the bridge is great <laughs> but it's all good yes the uh, the metaphor in this song is very is he's comparing um uh coming to <laughs> jesus coming <laughs> well uh he's like he's way. he's like he's having sex with his uh his i don't know who this person does i guess it doesn't really matter but he's cheating on his wife and he's comparing climaxing to seeing Jesus and being called home to the promised land, (laughs) which like, you know, if he was going to, he obviously didn't win himself any fans in the Christian bookstore world. (laughs) This was kind of the beginning of the alienation of his original fans here. Um, But it's, you know, again we're working from this character's perspective so you know maybe we're not supposed to agree with this idea of being a good one like it's a little bit like the guy imagining receiving a mansion in heaven in slow and steady where it's like you know now he's climaxing and imagining jesus you know it's like it's not quite as like pointedly objectionable in terms of theology but it's just like a glimpse into like but this is a bummer and this person is very confused <laughs> and like um, whatever the reason for it, like if it's like this, you know, sexual rapture of an yes. affair in a hotel room, like maybe that's the, the, the play on words there. Right. He hasn't had this, you know, maybe, I mean, things have gotten stale at home. He can't be honest with his wife anymore, by the way, like be honest with your spouse, go to therapy, talk things through so that you don't end up <laughs> yeah. in a hotel comparing your climaxing to Jesus. Um, but you know, maybe that's the idea is like, 
this person is experiencing this kind of pleasure and rapture in a way that he hasn't in a long time. And it's like, I, I could even see Jesus. This is the greatest. Like, yeah, it's so, it's such a bummer and it's gross, but it's also like so propulsive and catchy. <laughs> and yeah. like, there's definitely a time when this came out, I would have said this was my number one. Like, it just is so, and when those like mogi synths come in with like, yeah, it's just like, Oh, this rules so hard. Yeah. Um, the the palm muted power chords too mm-hmm, totally <laughs> the song has everything do, 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 it really does um yeah we're we're already onto an affair immediately after that first song in case <laughs> there's any confusion about how healthy that relationship was but just from second one it's like such good guitar and drum parts i love that synthy sound that starts in the first verse and kind of you know again propelling it just in the background and then yeah just the single notes ringing out in the chorus like i said the just like Boy, rules. Should we hear some of that chorus real quick? We should. I love that little walk up there dan it so good dan it dan yep. it yep uh rules killing so good. it killing uh it. again uh did i make some mistakes by not having either of those in my top three maybe i did you fucked up um yeah, he <laughs> so he he goes on to you know he's you know everybody has that post come clarity you know the pcc <laughs> the pcc everybody talks about um he's like oof that was awesome uh probably shouldn't be doing this anymore <laughs> right but it's 10 more minutes just 10 more minutes you know yeah so what's 10 more minutes uh, um, but let's get should we get to this bridge sure basically played the whole song but it's so good <laughs> this is an amazing song yeah. i i don't care if it's the the normie you know i don't know if it's the normie one but i don't know it's, it's rocking pretty hard i know which i know which one's gonna be in your in your top three at least but mm, interesting your 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 number one or number two or whatever is probably my number four but again okay, it probably okay. could be in my it could be my number three who knows who it's knows? arbitrary yeah um should we talk some penetration <laughs> some penetration
This is my number two. <laughs> Ooh, that's my number three. <laughs> Boy, that's this song else. rules so hard. Oh, it's so good. I feel like the drums are so good. The, the drums. <laughs> man the way that he's just constantly on the ride or the crash symbol throughout the entire album just makes it I know. so big and loud and driving i feel like that's what i think of when i think of controls like symbol <laughs> like <laughs> again yeah, the drums yeah beating the shit out of the drums on this record he really is he is a good drummer um the drums and the guitar sound like from second one are just so catchy and propulsive here um and the chorus is so great that little you know down and upstroke guitar part and then the drum fill into the chorus <laughs> so good man it's so good little bass slide in the chorus um boy i like so this heavy song. it's so heavy i so really heavy. hope i hear this uh live yeah i i don't know if you will but Ugh be pretty great to it's, hear maybe you know with this pedro band reformed he's leaning more into some of these rockers from the early days oh man um somewhat uh similar thematic territory here to the last song uh except this time we're comparing sex to the ruthlessness of capitalism rather than the rapture um you know if it isn't penetration then it isn't worth a kiss obviously again not a subtle metaphor um but I feel like the like bang, 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 the music just matches that lack of subtlety. Like this is just like a, sometimes calling a spade a spade works for the subject matter. And it feels like it's just such a, a rocker. It goes so hard and it matches this critique of our society that is, you know, corrupt. So, yeah. Um, I, I can totally see uh, Bazan or somebody having a, meeting um with a, a music executive and them using if it isn't penetration then it isn't worth the kiss in, right. the, in the meeting i can see in my <laughs> mind we're all picturing the same guy the same sleazy <laughs> music executive yeah right saying like hey davy baby if it isn't penetration <laughs> it's worth the kiss buddy come yeah, on pal right, right yeah um so gross it is super it is super gross but i i feel like uh, we need to call out how funny this first verse is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, have you ever seen an idealist with gray hairs on his head or successful men that keep in touch with unsuccessful friends? You only think you do. I could have sworn I saw it too, but as it turns out, it was just a clever ad for cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I think that's really, I think that's really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, I remember being you know, whatever, 19 when this came out and being like, oh, I will still be an idealist when I have gray hair on my head. And like, <laughs> of course, that's what he's like calling out is people who have that position. And of course, now that I do have gray hairs on my head, things are more complicated. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good, man. He's got a very biting wit on many of these songs that serve this material very well. Yeah. The thing about the word penetration too is working in data and analytics and mm. cpg the word penetration is often thrown around a lot unfortunately yep. you know about right. market penetration right and, so gross and so, yeah so like part of like part of me too is like like is he talking about like is he i mean is there like a 
double meaning that he's using if he is he using penetration in, in multiple ways yes, too i believe I so know. yes but no. uh david i have a question is uh <laughs> is the penetration is this a metaphor uh yeah yeah it's uh, kind of <laughs> what he would be gracious i hope he would be gracious to the 19 year old asking that question <laughs> um yeah good song good song you know what else is a good song mm, it's next one number two yes i was wondering if this was going to be your number one or number two which uh, is why another... i said this is my number four You're right there's another <sighs> synthy driven song we'll get to that uh takes the top spot but uh yeah this could be my number one they could all be my number one i know um bleeps and bloops baby this is the first time that those synth come up to the front after being in the back of the mix for a while. Yes. Um, I absolutely love that high synth part that opens the song. It's in my head all the time still. And that lower synth bass that comes in on top of it. Perfect. Um, and then that, yeah, the double time that comes in with the pre-chorus, the just, I mean, it's so good. Uh, yes, and the, the driving guitar and yep, oh, it's so great. This is kind of a an interesting look at you're like, oh, from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, the mom's by the pool. The dad's coming home. The kids are hugging right. him. And, yeah. you know, it, it looks everything looks great. That's so good. That's so, when you're when you're talking about like the I mean, this is this is the sort of uh, the climate change. Yes. Song. Yeah. I feel like I, I could always picture back when this came out what the music video might be for it where it's sort of like you know this row of like moms tanning themselves and you know neon bikinis and everybody looks great and then it's like you know he's like i just now brought a brand new car and there's like a cutaway to like a shiny game show lady showing off a new car like you know what i mean it's all very mm -hmm. like i can see the vibe of the sort of sarcastic surface level kind of 90s music video thing this is doing 
Um, yeah, I, the, these, the chorus is these major chords that come in and it's so big and satisfying. And it's just this repeated refrain of God bless the Indian summer. And I feel like this all the time where the characters, you know, both the family in the first verse and like the country in the second are enjoying their capital and their power. <laughs> and they see this late summer, the summer that's sticking around a little too long, that's coming from global warming as being a positive thing. They're just enjoying themselves. Uh, I feel like whenever it's warm, when it shouldn't be, and people are like, this is great. I'm just like, no, this is terrifying. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how I feel with the song where it's like, hey, God bless the Indian summer. And it's like, but wait, on yeah. the surface, you're you're having a good time, but this is very foreboding and scary. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, not the, I don't like resent the fact that these are like not, these aren't metaphors you have to like dig for. But again, like sometimes uh, that's what things call for. And climate change has uh, not improved in the last 20 years so sure hasn't um yeah i just i it's such a powerful song to me that those those synths are really kind of what would it put over the edge to me into my top three um but i've yeah. always loved the song very much i have this distinct memory of this album came out um playing it in the summer between uh years of college and i was a janitor <laughs> at like a law firm and I would bring in my boom box and just like blast this record while I was cleaning this and um, Yoshimi battles, the pink robots sure. <laughs> by flaming lips came out in the same summer, just blasting these. So anyway, I remember very much hearing Indian summer just being like this rules so hard. <laughs> and you're probably thinking like, yeah, but this law firm, the, these guys are tasting their corporate cum and they're, you know, <laughs> well, they're... it was a very small law firm. I wasn't bad okay. at them, but okay. Okay. <laughs> <still. fine. laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I just imagined that was your silent, your, yeah. your quiet protest. You're like, I'm going to listen to Pedro the Lion at this law firm. Uh, I'm sure I was like a nightmare when I got home and talked to my parents about like the state of the world. So <laughs> I remember I probably shared this on the pod uh, at some point, but it was around this time when uh, at Thanksgiving, this is probably the first Thanksgiving when I got home from college and um, my grandma was like, we were like saying grace or shortly after grace or something. She was like, and I pray for the president every day. And I was like, well, I hope it's to pray for him to get his life together because he's a bad person. <laughs> anyway, that's where I was at <laughs> shouting at grandma. Yeah. I was, uh, I was kind of unbearable myself. Yeah. Um, progress. Anyway, progress.
think about this one? It's impossible to understand what he's saying in the first verse. Right. So I will read to give people context. Um, he says, here we have our dust-free dining set. We guarantee it won't collect a speck. Freeing up the children to instead grow into your molding, heed more of your scolding, go early to their new self-making beds. So it's like yeah. a sort of futuristic yes. uh, ad read of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this song was originally on the Progress EP in 2000 under the title April 6, 2039, which again is sort of invoking that futury idea. Um, that EP has that song, uh, two live versions of It's Hard to Find a Friend songs, and then the song June 18th, 1976, which I actually like that song more than anything on It's Hard to Find a Friend, but uh, that's neither here nor there. The The version of this song on that EP is kind of bleepy bloopy uh, per the mm. subject matter of the song. And I don't know that I prefer that one, but I at least prefer that I could hear the lyrics. <laughs> and I get the idea that it's like, you know, there's this distorted echoey opening. It's sort of meant to signify like the progress invoked in the song. We go from not hearing much and sort of sounds robotic to like, then we can hear it in the next part. And I don't know, I, I wish it was done differently. I do like the song a lot. I, I like the sort of shimmery reverby guitar that comes in. I like the melody, but I just feel like, you know, in the way that it sort of leans into that country-ish, country Pedro sound we like, I would have preferred probably a little more straightforward version that doesn't have that opening and that was maybe a little twangier, maybe acoustic. I don't know, because I think it's a really pretty song. And again, very like biting in what you were saying in terms of like, we make this technological progress as a society, but that doesn't mean moral progress. Like, I think it's a cool song. It just always kind of got lost in the mix for me when I was listening to it all the time. Cause it was just like, oh, this is the one that opens with like this weird distortion thing. And, you know, I feel like there's a version of the song where it could make the melody and the message like pop a lot more. With a record like this, that's so focused on capitalism and consumerism. Uh, this song is seeming to indicate like here, look, there are all these additional conveniences to help mm-hmm. with your disobedient children and, right. and all that. But then the last, the second verse is like, it's impossible to cure a husband bent on cheating. The oxygen's depleting a child. Who's always bragging a wife's persistent nagging. We're equipped to live as though it were. Right. So the media is trying to sell us uh, distractions right. to, to, and, and solutions for things that aren't like going to solve the more relevant in in our face issues that we're dealing with right climate change and families falling apart and it's like well at least the um the dishes look nice (laughs) right yeah there's this this emphasis again on sort of the surface level these things will solve our problems and then we won't have any um but of course that's not the case the 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 surfaces might get ever cleaner and more convenient and more materials and more impressive materials, but that's not going to do anything to address the core <laughs> issues underlying them. Uh, right. Again, go to therapy family. Yep. Um, that will help. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Magazine. Magazine.
drums in this song uh, are absolutely insane. So much so that they make it my number one. Oh shit! <laughs> wow. Um, not here for it. What? What do you? What do you mean? I'm not here for it. I just. I wouldn't. I would not have guessed that this would have been your number one. But uh, I'm. Uh, this song. The song has so much going on in it, yeah. and it's listening to the drumming on its own is just like you could like listen to the lyrics and focus on the lyrics and then just focus on the drums yeah and find and then like the the little keys part in the background too and yep there's just so much cool stuff going on he's truly a master of what he does it's true man I this i mean well those opening keys feel so iconic it's so memorable this is a popular one for Pedro fans. It still gets played a lot. Um, but that ding, 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 ding is so like, ooh, we're going somewhere cool. But by the time the drums come in, I'm just like, it's all over, man. Those drums. It's just like he's doing so many interesting things with the syncopation that like he doesn't need to do, <laughs> but he does. No. And so it makes the song just go to this next level. And yeah, between that that central keyboard line and how the drums just go absolutely wild by the end of it. Ape shit. It does it for me. Um, yeah, I, let's hear some of those drums in the outro because that's really yeah. where the song goes to the full level for me. once again i could this be like anywhere in my top three yes but i just i cannot deny how i feel about those drums in particular um i think you know again we're playing with this central idea throughout the album of like being perfect on the surface designed to hide the reality of what's actually going on underneath um i think the way that kind of opens you know he's talking about these again exploring kind of like hypocritical dualities of the good half and the bad half and making these social judgments and this is another one that i remember him changing the lyrics to live at a certain point where change it to the bad half live in wickedness to the good half live in wickedness and the good half live in arrogance to the bad half live in arrogance um again kind of critiquing a bit of the idea of like the good quote-unquote brother from winners never quit he talks about his holy quest to be above reproach which feels similar to the vibe of that record. Um, but yeah, this one just goes so hard. And I think is another one that like when I saw it live and I saw those drums flailing, it just like unlocked something for me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is like, this is a special song. So yeah, it's good. Now we sort of shift to getting a little bit more inside the head of the wife mm -hmm. character on this record in rehearsal. Yes, you, you 
Could we uh could we actually hear the drum fill that comes in on verse two here? I just gotta hear this part. <laughs> So good. <laughs> Get rules. Drums, the drums. Um, this is a major top three contender for me as well. Uh, that sort of dizzying, disorienting, ringing guitar note that's just like, like it's all so heavily distorted. Those drums yep. are so reverby. Yeah, I love how just frenzied it sounds throughout. Um, and yeah, as you said, that kind of reflects. Uh, the wife's mental state as she's discovering the adultery that we've been hearing about earlier in the album. And I don't know, this is when we get into like truly, truly bummer territory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she, the, the chorus is darling. You are so unoriginal each move more obvious than the one before it, where it's like, yeah, of course you're cheating on me. Like what a, what a cliche. Um, well, and, and that's yeah. the thing is that's, that's the, the part, that she says that's more de- is the most depressing right. is that he's doing it he's cheating in the most like cliched way right, right, possible yeah. like you're sleeping with somebody at like a sleazy motel you're so right, unoriginal right. like yeah. in this sort of like that it's about appearances that she thinks if you're gonna cheat on me you should be doing <laughs> right. it in like like uh, a more in a right. more luxurious way or something but like that yeah you're doing just it like, like this Oh, shocker. This guy who's like having a midlife crisis, you know, with his like nice car and job is yeah. having this very by the book yeah, affair. affair. Yeah. Um, yeah. The like, here's the thing that's so much more depressing than the infidelity itself. <laughs> You're so unoriginal. Um, that's a bummer. And, and, and she says that she's like, if I ever, if I learned that you were cheating on me, I would kill you. Hmm. So uh, we follow that line of thought with the next song well almost uh yeah
We are just building to something insane here. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, like you said, the actual act may not occur within the song. It never actually kind of happens off screen, so to speak. But we see her just beginning to lose her grip on reality in the same way that the husband does in Winners Never Quit. Yeah. Right before that act occurs. Um, but, you know, second best is the name of the song. It's like, trying to make peace sort of with the idea of being second best um what's wrong with second best and we see how well that goes by where the next song starts um (laughs) yeah but this is another one that like is the top three contender for me not necessarily because of anything we heard so far but because you said it builds to such a crescendo emotionally and musically to where by the end he's just like goes up an octave and is belting it out and the guitar is just absolutely going wild yeah um hearing i get again live changed it for me we're like i just love how thick and scary it sounds by the ending and yeah. seeing all those guitars doing that live just wailing away was like whoa i've been underrating the song um yes. should we hear some of the ending <laughs> yes <laughs> like um, 4 or 15 maybe yes so heavy it's so good man that is like some medley bazaar there i know right can we um can we talk about uh <laughs> the the bridge the mattress creaks beneath the symphony of misery and cum yes so <laughs> awesome Symf- <laughs> the symphony of misery is such a great yeah. line and then throw cum in there too i know you gotta throw cum uh, in there. It's just, yeah, it's such a, it's so, it has that sort of like disorienting quality um, that we talked about with some of the songs on Winners where we're just like yeah. dwelling in this place of just like things are bad. Like this, you know, this marriage is crumbling. They're like, you know, she's maybe trying to reignite a passionate flame they had when she learns about what's happening and it's just this miserable experience for everybody and boy by the time he's belting what's wrong with second best and you're just like "Mm, you don't believe that (laughs) things are very bad um yeah it's sad and it's scary and it's powerful and man just the the way that those guitars hit just really makes it hit for me yeah 
the you know the sort of inner dialogue of like her trying to convince herself mm-hmm. you're just like oh honey Oof. you know it's like i can learn to live with this plus you know i need the rest right you know it's, Ugh, like, it's so sad <laughs> it's so sad but yeah. then there's like probably something i kind of think about this like this rocking ending being the the part where she's just like you know what yeah like i get the sense that she's like spying on them watching them go into the hotel and Mm -hmm. she's gonna be like you know what you know what never mind yeah you are (laughs) gonna die you need to die um yeah i remember this wasn't necessarily one of my favorite songs from the record when i was listening to it a lot around the time it came out but again when i saw it live i was just like whoa it really stuck with me and the next time i saw him live he wasn't playing that would be the achilles heel tour by that point he wasn't really playing as many control songs but i loved that experience of hearing it so much that again I apologize to Dave Bazan. Like a like a fool, I kept shouting second bus. <laughs> and like I shouted it enough times at one point he was like, I'm not playing that. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> but I wanted to capture that moment again. Um, and when he did that control tour where he played the album front to back, I was like so satisfied hearing that part again live. Yeah. Um, real good. And now we go into another kind of uh, depressing song. Yeah. Priests and paramedics.
Buddy was not all right. No, he died. <laughs> he got stabbed. Um, this is a top three contender for me in a serious way. It almost yes. made my top three um, because I I love I love the story ele- uh, telling element of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a very, very satisfying melody. Yeah. Um, but it's also very sad. And yeah. I, I love the, the priests and paramedics, uh, two groups of people dealing with death mm-hmm. in different ways. We don't, uh, we can't, not going to play the whole song, but uh, suffice it to say, he dies. Uh, they're at a funeral. Um, I actually just want to read those lyrics. If that's yes. okay. Yeah, just yeah. we should just read the lyrics. Go ahead. I mean, we have in the first part of the song, the guy is like got a stretcher being attended to by paramedics, screaming, "Am I going to die?" And they're like, "No, you'll be all right." And he dies. And so, focusing on how both priests and paramedics are trained to lie in a way, like calming people down that they're going to be okay and it's going to be okay. So we get that first part with the paramedics telling that to the husband, but then the priest at the funeral follows a similar line in a more sort of devastating way. As the priest got up to speak, the assembly craved relief, but he himself had given up. So instead he offered them this bitter cup. You're going to die. We're all going to die. Could be 20 years, could be tonight. Lately, I've been wondering why we go through so much trouble to postpone the unavoidable and prolong the pain of being alive. (laughs) It's like... What an absolute bummer. Same. <laughs> Same. But also <laughs> kind of comforting. Like yeah. the honesty of the priest and the like respect that this priest decides to show in this moment where he's like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> like I don't think that it's okay. And I'm not gonna this whole album, these people have been lied to by corporations and by commercials and by each other. And yeah all these different ways to sort of fill these holes and fix these problems. And this priest who's probably used to being like, you know, Joe went to a better place. He was right. beloved by his family is just like, look, we're all going to die. <laughs> and like, um, you know, I'm, I wonder why we do. And I wonder why we keep living where there's so much pain. And if the priest in charge of this thing is the one who's sort of like, I don't have the answers here. I struggle with this just like you we're all in this life that's difficult like that to me is actually kind of like the most comforting thing to hear in the wake of like this tragedy happening so i imagine the funeral attenders weren't super happy about what the priest decided to do but it's such an interesting juxtaposition of like these paramedics who are like they're just doing their job by being like you'll be okay and these leaders who (laughs) how they decide to do what. And this, this priest at this funeral, who's just like, I'm going to tell the truth today and say what I really feel, which is what nobody's done the whole album. So I don't know. It's incredibly moving to me. I love the song very much. Yeah. I took the words right. I'm right in my mouth. Yeah. yeah. The, <clears throat> the different ways that priests and paramedics deal with death and uh, speak to those who are mourning um, and I'm trying to think of who else, who we know that like who did like chaplaincy. Uh, that, that that's just something I I knew I could never do. Like, yeah, people no. who went to seminary and like did chaplaincy. It's like that to me seems it's too much responsibility. Yeah, to find the right words and to yeah find ways to comfort people when it's just like the reality is like 
fucking nobody's getting out of this man right right and like i would not be in a place where i could i feel like i would be this this priest be like like i'm not gonna try and sugarcoat it like right this guy got stabbed his kids are here alone because his wife is presumably in jail and but they're they're well behaved (laughs) right isn't that great right that's observed Um, again like throughout the album the city of children being obedient and well-behaved but like what does that matter yeah right yeah the best sort of you know uh pastoring this guy can offer people is being honest which i think is good pastoring yes um and clearly what these people need you know and the first in options he's like people never really say what they mean so we just like kept going through the motions and kept lying to each other and yeah it's easy to do that it's harder and probably better for everybody if you can say uh i don't really know why we're alive and sometimes i'm like why are we should we not be alive <laughs> like that seems like the most appropriate way to handle something so awful um, one one last piece that i want to point out if, if you yeah. don't have anything else that you want to say um the takeaway too is so here's this guy um powerful um wealthy has the uh, the power to hire and fire people at will um mm-hmm. and you know getting his mistresses and whatever mm-hmm. uh this mover and shaker for capitalism and 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 consumerism and he does all this stuff selling himself to to make companies more money, make himself money. Mm-hmm. And in the end, several friends came to yeah, his right. grave. Yeah, right. You know, it's like you have just like a, a couple people maybe that come right. come to see you, you. You get killed in this awful way. And who shows up? Right. Like your, your priorities are fucked. Right, right. You're, you're working t- towards money. You're working towards power. And you're sacrificing relationships, you're sacrificing love, you're sacrificing uh, connection. And this is what you get. You don't have you don't have actual closeness. You don't have real connection. Yeah. And that is a huge bummer. Yeah, it is. It's this weird. I think Bazan continuously on his albums threads the needle well of closing with a sort of sad state of affairs but finding this glimmer of hope if you can call it hope right um much like uh lauren michael's point earlier that ultimately <laughs> pedro in dealing with these depressing songs is ultimately uh, addressing hope and how we can find hope in a world where things are bleak what do we do to find meaning uh, look we we're this. all going to die <laughs> could be 20 years you- <laughs> could be tonight um so let's cut this sketch um that yeah i was just gonna say definitely a breakout from the album this is one that is oft covered by other artists and seems to have really found a hold in terms of getting played in a bunch of different permutations and versions and people playing it and it's a beautiful melody i mean again it's very sad but it's like like to your point it's another kind of this is one where there's not like a ton going on musically or instrumentally it's just a really pretty song and it's played fairly straightforward on a record full of huge drums and reverb guitars it's a pretty 
simple stripped down song that plays very well as just an acoustic solo song too so um great song uh great song and now the closing track um rejoice it's a song of very few words yes um but uh, i think a topic worth discussing I have so much to say about this song. Yes. <laughs> let's let's read the uh, very brief lyrics to Rejoice. Um, wouldn't it be so wonderful if everything were meaningless? But everything is so meaningful, and most everything turns to shit. Hmm. Rejoice, 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 rejoice. Um, and then he takes it up an octave and his screaming rejoice it's yeah great as you raise the question is sort of is this sarcastic is this sincere um i've heard him say that he would sing it both ways sometimes like it depended on how he felt in the moment um but to what you alluded to earlier for me i i have always felt like it breaks with the sort of cynical sheen of the rest of the album and is a genuine expression and it's very i mean it's beautiful it's pretty it's very haunting and with that chorus of rejoice the repeated rejoice that comes in you know it's there are these like sort of angelic sounding voices that are like keyboard i think probably it's like this chorus that comes in and for me it's like i i treated this sort of like secret of the easy oak in the sense that this was sort of a worship song for me, like 
sometimes this is the most authentic worship I could muster <laughs> where it's like, yeah, you, again, you're just being honest. Like it would be wonderful if everything were meaningless, you would be able to numb the pain and not engage with what's happening. But in reality, everything is meaningful. There might be, you might stuff it down in these like cynical ways where we can hide things like the rest of the album does, like this family has done, like America often does. Um, but everything has meaning and we need to remember that. And, you know, most everything turns to shit again, I think reflects for me sort of what the priest was saying, where it's like, look, things are tough in this life and like, not everything is going to work out. And most things, you know, people will die and your loved ones will die. So rejoice. And again, you could take that as like, oh, most everything turns to shit rejoice. So it's like, oh yeah, rejoice. Like, what do we have to rejoice about? But for me, it's like the idea that we can acknowledge that things have meaning even in the face of bleakness is something to rejoice about, to rejoice about we're in this life one time and we make these connections that we make and maybe we can make connections to spirituality or a higher power, but we got to find some way to make sense of how we connect to each other. And there's a way to rejoice amid that connection, even when everything is awful. That's how I take it at least. Yeah. If we could move through life and nothing mattered, Mm -hmm. then the death, the infidelity, the shitty children, all of that stuff wouldn't matter because nothing, everything would be meaningless. Right. But because we have these deep, deep connections and we choose relationships with people Mm -hmm. and things turn to shit, it's like, it's, it, it sucks. And trying to find a way to navigate that in spite of the shit Mm -hmm. is I think for me, the the rejoice part, the, that rejoicing in spite of the shit. Yeah. And that's the hardest part for me, man. Totally. It's really, really yeah. hard. I think that's why it moves me in a lot of ways in the way that a worship song might, because it's sort of a call to, to do something, to, you know, the call to rejoice is a call to remember to try and take stock of that in light of how hard things can be. And that moves me um he gave this interview that's been mentioned a few times where he kind of talked about the meaning of it and you know i think it's i think most people probably think of like ecclesiastes where it's like meaningless meaningless utterly meaningless everything is meaningless that's how the book starts out which is kind of famously like that's sort of the same way that the song goes where it's like some he's quoting like a teacher in that book but the book sort of moves into but like actually everything has meaning um but he he was saying that like for him the the most everything turns to shit came out of a place of like his sort of reformed theology at the time where he was like you know things are bad without god um which is interesting um he's like this is a quote from a an interview with the phoenix new times i certainly wrote it from perspective of being in a fallen world at that time my friend jason martin of starflyer who we'll get into told me that's the most Christian song I've ever heard anybody write. And I thought, oh, that's weird. I didn't think of it like that. But yeah, I just did. If someone is reformed at all, that communicates the reform perspective pretty directly, Um, which is interesting. And he goes on to say in the same interview, um, you know, there are two ways to read the refrain. One is that the rejoice is sarcastic and one where rejoice is genuine. 
no matter which way you take it, both of them are deeply rooted in the biblical tradition. One of the things that happens with evangelical Christianity is that there are just huge swaths of the Bible that Christians completely ignore, like how on every fucking page there's an admonition to take care of the poor. I think that was just highlighting a pretty unpopular sentiment that is that is present all throughout the Bible, but especially Ecclesiastes. So interesting to hear that. I don't know. When I was vibing with it at the time, I wasn't taking that most everything turns to shit and sort of the Calvinist, like we're all awful right way sure sure sure, um but that also speaks to how the song is powerful because you know he has still played it post this phase and like i think to your point you can find meaning in the song about meaning um in a lot of ways and whether it's you know through this explicitly christian you know specific kind of christianity lens or a different lens entirely i still think it's a a powerful sentiment so anyway that's the end of my thesis on Rejoice, a song I love dearly that closes an album I love dearly. Um, I don't know, would would uh, 18-year-old Andrew have been down for all this if you'd given the album a couple more chances, or do you think your heart was not ready to receive this at the time? I, I, I'm trying to think if I would be scandalized by it or not. Yeah, sure. Right. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I think... Um... I think I I don't think I I think the metaphors and the nuance would have been lost on me. I think I'm one of those people that he's talking about in in magazine the the metaphysical line of mm-hmm. like there's a good side and there's a bad side right, but like right. we're all going back and forth between it you know right. it's and you know but I I I think I was looking at I looked at things a little too black and white. Yeah. At, at my at that age to maybe understand like what he was getting at yeah yeah i mean a lot of people talk about tracking with him throughout his journey throughout his discography obviously there were a lot of people who were turned off by this album who liked his earlier stuff i do wonder though how many of those people as Ever they grew older <laughs> yeah were like oh actually this album means a lot to me for me this album meant a lot at the time but totally to your point i was not <laughs> I was I was having some version of thought about like the song Rejoice, for example, that I just expressed, but it was a, a modicum of that level of thinking. Like I wasn't really processing it. Um, it. It's a meaningful album to me now in a way that's different from the just like, you know, fuck yeah, meaning that I had with the album at the time. But it's meant a lot to me over the years. I have revisited it often. I could not wait to talk about this one. And it was so fun to talk about it with you. Uh, folks out there, let us know what you think at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. And hey, give us a rating or review, would you? Yeah. We're, uh, we're a little hey. light on those new reviews. Hey, these days, swing by Apple Podcasts. It helps folks find us. We, we, we drive that algorithm where it needs to go. So yeah, help, us, funny... help us with the SEO, you know, start a... That's right. Yeah. You know, start Googling things like... <laughs> are andrew and john from magnified pod super hot yeah what's is andrew from magnified pod single and mm. horny in my area <laughs> local andrews are looking local for andrews. You. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah google all those things see yeah. what happens uh, and then looking, looking looking for single podcast hosts <laughs> in your area uh, i'm sure there's plenty of them <laughs> Um, nobody's nobody's looking for that nobody's looking for that 
looking for dudes who are pushing 40 talking about page of the lion albums <laughs> click here mm. um <laughs> oh yeah email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com you can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763 8727magpod you can support us over at patreon patreon.com slash magnified pod bonus episodes special content get on that discord and we want to welcome new Patreon punk, Katie Beth Tyson Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, thank you, Katie. Very glad to have you among the ranks of the Patreon punks. Good crew over there. Uh, pick up some new season four merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Check out smallstepperecords.com. And thanks to Shadow Producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think I hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> we'll be back to try to make you go astray next week when we'll discuss Page of the Lion's Achilles heel. Ooh. What's up? What you doing? You come around to this pool often, or what's your deal? Just uh, are these your kids? Oh, gross. Never mind. See ya. <laughs> you guys like worried about the state of climate change or no? You good? Okay, cool. Um, I saw this post recently on Instagram that said seven things women wish men would do during sex. Okay. Number four, start a podcast. <laughs> According to over half of the women survey, it really turned them on. Because starting a podcast is really cool slash original. We don't have enough of them yet. Oh, called out. <laughs> called out. That's fire. Like, ooh, baby. Mm, do you think you more. could start a could you start a long form yeah. podcast about was this was this episode more than two and a half hours, baby? <laughs> if these episodes go longer than two and a half hours, you might need to call your doctor. Oh boy. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.